I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Give it to me. Welcome in. It's overtime on a Saturday. Toby Altizer with you for the next hour and a half leading up to Hokies football right here on The Fan. Feel free to chime in at any point during the show. 800-636-1067. You want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Taking your calls for the next hour and a half. If you want to tweet at me, feel free as well at Toby underscore Altizer, T-O-B-I underscore A-L-T-I-Z-E-R. So got really three main discussions we'll get into today in the next hour and a half. And again, feel free to hop in at any point when to talk about any of these things. First, I want to talk about this. Like, where did it all go wrong? Because this team is largely the same as last year. And I think we'd all agree that the changes that were made in a lot of places, namely offensive coordinator, and quarterback, I think we would deem those as upgrades, and yet this team is worse. So where did it all go wrong? I want to talk about the need to evaluate everyone on this football team. You know, I think we're seeing, obviously, with Jack Del Rio being released, we're seeing the coaching staff being evaluated. I think we'll see the full evaluation for these guys at the end of the year. I think Ron knows he's on a sinking ship. I think, you know, this entire coaching staff could end up being washed out. Maybe you see what happens with Enemy. I want to get into that. But I think also, I think the players need to be evaluated. There's going to be a new general manager in town more than likely at the end of the year. And he's going to have to decide which of these guys sticks around. So is there someone that you feel this guy deserves a pass? This guy needs to be with this football team? Or is everybody expendable? Because I think... With where this team is at and the way a lot of these guys have played, I think you can make the argument that pretty much everybody's expendable. We'll get into that as well. Also want to talk about the best-case scenario for the Commanders going forward in the last couple of games. What do you think is the best thing that could happen for this team? We'll talk about that as well. And also feel free if you want to talk about the Jack Del Rio firing at all during the show, you can call in as well. But let's start with this. Where did it all go wrong? Because if you look at last year's team, they were 8-8-1, eight, eight and one. and basically over the last month of the season, going into the last month of the season, they were in the driver's seat, or pretty close to the driver's seat for a playoff spot, and everything kind of fell apart at the end of the year. Obviously, we remember the Giants games, we remember the disaster at the end of the season with, we can be eliminated, all that stuff. We remember all of that, but last year's team was right there. This team is not. This team is fighting for a top five spot pick in the NFL draft. Last year's team was fighting for that last playoff spot. So where did it all go wrong? Because you look at the team, you look before, obviously, some of these moves were made going into the season, just looking back, the rush unit was largely the same, right, on the defensive side of the ball. You still got John Allen. You got Deron Payne. At the beginning of the year, you still had Montez and Chase. And you weren't just getting a Chase Young that you saw for the last couple games last year. You were getting a healthy Chase Young. And so... What happened there? You had the same defense largely. You lost Cole Holcomb, but you gained Cody Barton, whatever <laughs> whatever gain that is. But you had the same defensive coordinator and largely the same secondary, and you actually added a first and second round pick to the secondary. So where did it change? Because last year's defense, I wouldn't say it was great, but in a lot of metrics, it was up there. And I thought at the beginning of the year, it was kind of, Eh, at the end of the year, it was kind of eh. But in the middle portion there, when you started to see this team make their run, I thought you saw the defense start playing fairly well. And in a lot of cases, pretty good. What happened? Seriously, like what happened? And you can look at that. And then you look on the offensive side of the ball. 
and you look at the quarterback position, you go from Carson Wentz to Taylor Heineke last year, and now you're with Sam Howell. And I know the jury's still out on Sam Howell, and I know a lot of people are on the bandwagon. There's plenty of people that are not on the bandwagon with Sam Howell. Whichever side you're at, I think we can all agree, at least what you've seen, that Sam Howell's an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. I mean, are we? am I wrong in assuming that? I think that's an upgrade. And the offensive coordinator, Scott Turner to Eric Bieniemy. I know that not everyone loves Bieniemy, but I, I think, again, we can all agree, mostly agree that that's an upgrade. So what happened? How did you go from a team that was sitting in a spot to take a playoff spot last year to this year fighting for one of the top picks and the opportunity to take Caleb Williams or Drake May? Yes, you can look at the strength of schedule. You can look at that. Last year, they had the easiest strength of schedule going into the season at a 462 strength of schedule. This year, it was the eighth toughest at 535. But my question to you is this. How... I get that it's difficult, but they're not even beating the teams that they should beat this year. Arizona, good win. Denver, luckily they got them before they got things going. But you didn't beat Chicago. You barely beat Atlanta. You haven't beat the Giants twice. You you hung around and beat New England. Last year's team might have found a way to beat the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. So I get the point that it's more difficult, but... Mainly down the stretch, you're seeing some of that facing Miami, facing the 49ers still, facing the Dallas Cowboys again. I get that, but I don't know that you can point to that when they're still not winning the games that they should. They're not beating the New York Giants with Tyrod Taylor and Tommy DeVito as their starting quarterback. So I don't even know that you can point to that. You know what you can point to? You can point to the players and you can point to the coaches. And this, I think goes hand-in-hand with what I want to talk about next, and that's the evaluating the entire roster as well as the coaching staff. Jack Del Rio, obviously he's been let go, but what the heck happened to the defense? I think you can look at it and you can see some differences. Last year, I think everyone kind of understood what this defense was. It's a zone defense, zone match type scheme. They're not going to blitz much. They're going to, you kind of know what you're getting coming in, and that's what you're going to get. But I don't know. It's just you knew what you were going to get, and for parts of it, they played well. This year, you draft a guy in the first round who I think fit that zone match scheme kind of well because Forbes is a ball hawk type corner who plays off. He watches the quarterback's eyes, makes some plays. Now, what happened this year that all of a sudden they're playing man-to-man and you're not putting your guys in good spots? Look, The players have to step up, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. But are you really surprised that in the first Eagles matchup, your first-round corner, Emmanuel Forbes, is getting torched by A.J. Brown? You really surprised by that? Are you surprised that he's getting beat by D.J. Moore? Because I'm not. I don't know any rookie corner, especially like an Emmanuel Forbes, that I trust like that. Maybe Devin Witherspoon, but he was drafted in the top five. Maybe Sauce Gardner. Another top five draft pick. Not a guy drafted in the middle of the first round who's mainly here to get interceptions. I don't even like Emmanuel Forbes if he were proven as a guy covering A.J. Brown. That's not... Styles make fights. Look at the styles there. You got a twig that gets interceptions, and you got a tank that runs great routes and muscles everyone. Uh, A.J. Brown's going to win that every single time. Much less a guy still learning at the NFL level. So... I don't think the coaching staff has put these guys in a good opportunity to make plays. I just don't. And then you look on the offensive side of the ball. I think Eric Bieniemy is an upgrade over Scott Turner, but I don't know how many of you saw this on Twitter. There was a a graph. Uh, I don't know how much you read into some of these things, but there was a graph put out, and basically it showed how much separation the wide receiving core in general creates, and then how often the quarterback throws to an open receiver. And Sam Howell found himself below the average line and finding open receivers, and the commander's wide receivers found themselves well below average and creating separation. And I think those go hand in hand. We're going to talk about these players next, but what happened to Jahan Dotson? Did Jahan just lose his talent from his rookie year to his second year? Did he just magically... Forget how to play football and the dynamic playmaker that he was in his rookie year when he was on the field? Did he just kind of forget all of that going into this year? 
I don't know. Did Terry McLaurin go from a guy that was getting 1,000 yards with any quarterback he had to a guy that largely disappears once again? Occasionally makes plays, but last year it seemed like he would have come down with that ball on Gilmore. You saw that exact same thing kind of happen in Indianapolis, and he came down with it on Thanksgiving. No. So what's happened? You can look at the coaching staff for sure, but I think you got to look at the players. I think John Allen has to be hurt or something. We talked about this plantar fasciitis, and Ron kind of mentioned it in passing before the season. That's not an injury that you can just mention in passing. It's not something that just kind of is just a nagging injury that you play through and it's no big deal. That's something that can hinder you. But where's John Allen been? Where's Deron Payne been? Yeah, occasionally making plays and usually just in the run game. But where have these guys been? Where's your first-round pick been? You drafted him to make plays in the passing game, making interceptions. Where's that been? Benjamin St. Juice. A lot of people were talking you up in the offseason to be a good corner. Where's that been? Offensively, like I just talked about with the receivers. Where have you been? I think Brian Robinson's been okay, but it's been pretty obvious that their whole game plan this year with the enemy at coordinator isn't to run the football. So where have the players been? Like, we can point at the coaching staff all we want. And I think we all understand that they're going to get their full evaluation through by the end of the year. And I think we all understand with that report from Rappaport that we got the morning of Thanksgiving. I think we all understand what that was. That was a nice way of Josh Harris saying, Ron, we're going to be nice to you. We'll give you the rest of the year, but this is it. I think we all kind of understood that. I don't think we're naive to think that Harris feels like he needs another year to evaluate. He can't look back in history and figure out that Ron isn't the guy. I think Josh Harris is smart enough to go look back at the last couple of years and realize, you know what, this Ron guy might not be the future of this football team. I think he's smart enough to know that. So I think the coaching staff is going to get their full evaluation, a.k.a. they're all going to be gone at the end of the year. But these players, like you can't let these guys off the hook. As much as you want to blame the coaching staff, players have to make plays. I can call a bad coverage as a defensive coordinator. Guess who can cover it up? Elite players. Guys that make plays. Guys that understand what's going on on the football field. Where's that been all year? Have you seen guys making plays? Obviously, a a large portion of this is going to go on the defense because they're the worst unit in the National Football League. The worst unit. Nobody's making plays. So we can blame the coaches all you want. But what are the players doing to make up for it? These guys have to understand that their careers can ride on how they play year to year. And so you might get bad coaching. You're telling me that Tom Brady never got a bad play call called in and he didn't make up for it? You're telling me that Patrick Mahomes doesn't always love the play that Reed calls in? You're telling me that Ray Lewis couldn't fix a bad play call defensively? You're telling me Erlacher couldn't fix things? Good players can overcome bad coaching. Yes, there's bad coaching on this football team. It's not all in the coaching. Because guess what? Jack Del Rio doesn't have pads on. Jack Del Rio doesn't have a helmet on. Ron Rivera doesn't have pads on. Go make a play on the field. These players haven't done it. So my question to you is this. Looking at the players, we've already talked about the coaching staff. We understand what their evaluation is. Adios. Looking at the players, does anyone deserve a pass? Because if we've seen one thing this year, none of these guys are stepping up. And I don't care who you point out. I I didn't think I'd see a day especially before maybe you can consider him washed. I didn't think I'd see a day when I'd log on to Twitter and people say, yeah, 17 ain't that good. And I've seen that. People are turning on Terry McLaurin, of all people, in this city. That's how bad it's been. But does anyone deserve a pass? Because if people are turning on Terry McLaurin, (laughs) then I don't know that you can make an argument for anybody on the football team deserving a pass. Let's talk about that next. Who do you really think has to be a part of this football team or... Is everybody expendable? 800-636-1067. Give me a call on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet. Everyone needs to be evaluated. Who's expendable? Who's a must-keep? Tell me next here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Overtime 106.7 The Fan. Talking with you about the Commanders. We're going to get into... Who on this team really deserves a pass? Is everybody expendable? We'll get into that in just a second. But first, let's get out to Lou in D.C. Lou, what's going on? Toby, what's happening, man? How you doing? Not too bad. How about you? Can't complain. Happy holidays. Um, yeah, I think uh, as far as this uh, the firing, I think, you know, I wish it would have happened a little early and I would have more respect for Ron, but this you know, you firing your buddy when it's, you know, I mean, the season already over. I mean, if you would fire them maybe last year or maybe after the Chicago game, it would make sense. But, like, what is the point now? Like, you ain't you ain't doing nothing. I mean, I don't get it. Like, uh, he trying to be I, – I, I, don't, I don't understand the move at all. But, you know, at the end of the day, that man is confused and he doesn't know what he's doing. And – and as far as, you know, you talk about the draft and some of the players, right? You realize, right, when we needed an O-line, he, he, like, literally just didn't care about this organization. He went on to, I guess, try to help his buddy and drafted a corner, which, I mean, I, I know we needed some, you know, depth on the corner, but not knowing the second, I mean, I mean the first round, you're going to go get a corner. I mean, I don't mind he, uh, Emmanuel Forbes, but it's just, you know, it just show you how this guy, he – He's incapable of doing his job and is just pathetic. But, you know, time is uh, ticking. So hopefully, you know, the end of the season and 2024 can't come fast enough, man. That's how I'm feeling, man. This is a waste season and it's pathetic how these guys are just wasting, you know, our time and our, you know, uh, emotion and everything that goes into every game or every Sunday, man. We, you know, it is what it is. But uh, appreciate you taking my call. That's what I wanted to talk about. But uh, Absolutely, Lou. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I think, you know, it would have made sense if you're Ron to fire Jack after the Chicago game. You know, if you want to fire him on a regular Sunday, maybe you want to make the excuse that it's just a regular week. But you have that extra time off after the Chicago game, and he gave up 40. (laughs) 40 to a team that hadn't won in, what, a calendar year? So (laughs) if there were a time to move on, that would have been it. And if Ron was in self-preservation mode, at that point, I think it would have been understandable. What's he preserving at this point? Like, we all understand where he's at. I mean, I don't know. It, I agree with that. And that, is it the right move? Sure. Is it something that needed to be done? Sure. Was it the right timing? Absolutely not. I mean, there's only five games left. What? Like, who cares? We all understand what this is. So, I don't know. It is an odd timing for this. But let's talk about these players. I think you can make arguments for some guys on this team that they should be a part of it, You know, especially when you think about some of the guys that are the cornerstones of the franchise, or at least the faces of the franchise at this point, thinking of guys like Terry, John Allen, whoever else you want to throw in there. I think you can make an argument those guys should stick around. But I think what's going to be nice to see and going to be refreshing is when all of this is over, this season, everybody's kind of, cleaned out, 
Josh Harris decides to hire a GM because I think that's one thing that we saw yesterday. If there's one big takeaway I have from yesterday, it's that Josh Harris wasn't the one who fired Jack Del Rio. And make of that what you will because he let Ron do his job. But I like the fact that Josh Harris said, I'm staying out of it. The football guy makes the football decisions. That's good. That's exactly how it should be. Now, they have the wrong football guy in place right now with Ron Rivera, but he's letting the football guy do his thing. That's good. So that gives you hope that when he hires a new GM, whoever it may be, however he's going to go about it, he's going to have the opportunity to look at this roster and say, make whatever you need to do to just cleanse this thing, fix it, and get it going in the right direction. Because I don't doubt that there are other guys on this football team that are championship or can be coached in a championship-level players. So when I say that everyone's expendable, possibly, I'm not saying that all these guys are bad. I'm saying that they're not coached well, they're not performing well, but if you put them in the right environment, put them with the right coaching, they can still be molded into some guys. Like, I still think Forbes can be a good corner. Is he going to be a good corner in what's happening right now? Probably not. I think that some of the other guys, you look at Dotson, like I mentioned, I think Dotson's still a good NFL wide receiver. Is he good with how things are going right now? I'm not sure. And that maybe gives you some questions about the enemy. So I, I think that everybody needs to be evaluated. But I think there are two guys, really, that I would stand on the table for at this point, maybe three. The first one that I would stand on the table for still is Terry McLaurin. I think we've seen enough track record of Terry to say this guy can be a good NFL receiver probably a great NFL receiver. I I see people on Twitter saying, oh, he's not that good. This dude has been able to do things year after year after year after year with very bad quarterback play. Now, it's changed this year, and so I have some questions about the enemy system and wide receivers because you look at what they've done in Kansas City, and I understand Reed's the main guy there, but the enemy had his hand in it. Now, Tyreek Hill, he got his, but Tyreek Hill is different than everyone else. (laughs) Like I think we understand that. Look at these past couple years. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster was their best receiver last year. It's not like Juju was going crazy last year. For whatever reason, it seems like they like to spread the ball around more than featuring their superstars. You know, Travis Kelsey's kind of unique in that system as a tight end, so maybe you could say that Terry should be in that sort of role. Who knows? But it seems like wide receivers just don't thrive in that system for whatever reason, unless your name is Tyreek Hill. So who knows? Maybe it's something to do with that. But I think Terry deserves the benefit of the doubt because I think he's talented enough to be a top 10 wide receiver in this league. I think we've seen him be a top 10 wide receiver in this league. And again, it's not one of those things where it's only people in this area that said it. You know, I I think you can look at it and say that some of these things that we say about players are a little bit of the Ashburn syndrome. But I think a lot of people nationally respect what Terry McLaurin does and think that he's a star wide receiver. Just listen to how Jim and Tony Romo were talking about him on Thanksgiving. They were talking about him very glowingly. So it, it's not as if something that we're just naive. I think he's a good player. I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt. The only other guy that I would consider that it, it, I, the evaluation, I think, at this point is somewhat complete. It, John Allen. I think John Allen deserves a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because we've seen him be a productive player with or without Deron Payne. He's been effective in the run game. He's been effective in the pass game. I think we've seen enough years of it. I really do think that this injury has to be hampering him some. Now, I'm not saying that he's been good this year because he's been pretty bad. You could argue horrible (laughs) this year. But I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt that if you change things around, especially the leadership he has, I think John Allen should probably be a part of this football team. And the other guy I'll throw in here, and maybe it's just a, maybe this guy doesn't really count, but Sam Howell. It's incomplete, and I heard a guy call into Doc earlier and say he was comparing it to Cousins where people are like, oh, I need to see a few more games. I need to see. Here's the beauty of what you have with Sam Howell. You don't have to make a decision right now. You've got till the end of the year, and he's going to continue to start till the end of the year. So at the end of the year, we'll make our full evaluation, but it's incomplete with Sam Howell right now. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that when the time comes. But that's kind of where I'm at, just those three guys. And Sam Howell, you probably don't even need to count in that case because I think it's an incomplete evaluation. But Terry, John Allen, I think the two leaders, the one on offense, the one on defense, I think the two leaders of the football team, I'd like to see kept around. But to be honest with you, I could listen to people saying that the whole thing should be changed. 
because, like I said earlier, players have to make plays despite coaching, and we're just not seeing it from really anyone on this football team right now. We'll get to more of your phone calls, but first let's get to Patrick, who is in orange. Patrick, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, man? Not too bad. How you doing? Hey, so the NFL doesn't stand for National Football League. It stands for not for long. <laughs> you know, if you're not making the plays, you're going to get dealt, you know. And what what Washington needs to do is they need to copy what Miami did about three or four years ago where they unloaded all their overpaid, underperforming talent and stockpiled draft picks, and they made it a destination. They made it a place where everybody wanted to go, and they've turned that franchise around. They also built around a young quarterback who's now performing at – you know, a top five quarterback level in Tua. So if you guys want to see what happened with Tua, happened to Sam Howell, you better be willing to deal Terry McLaurin, uh, John Allen, Deron Payne to get offensive linemen. I suggest even dealing all those guys to trade up to get the, the top top two or three picks in the draft and get Marvin Harrison Jr. because there's no better playmaker in this year's upcoming draft than him. Yeah, I would caution you. Appreciate the phone call, Patrick. I would caution you on this. That's a good example with Miami. I think the flip side of that, when you say dealing Terry McLaurin, look at what's happening in Carolina right now. They decided to trade up for Bryce Young and in turn have not really filled the hole left by DJ Moore. And so Bryce Young is really struggling. I think if you're going to develop a young quarterback, you need to have a reliable receiver. And is Terry worth his contract? Who knows? We can have that discussion if you'd like. But I think Terry McLaurin is a really good receiver, and if you bring in, even if it's one of these top guys in the draft, a Drake May, a Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, one of those guys, whoever you want to choose, you're going to need a receiver. Maybe you could say that Jahan Dotson can still be that guy, but I think the jury's still out on him. We've seen one good year, and this year's been kind of eh. But I think you know what you have in Terry McLaurin. So I, I think in that case, I would hold on to Terry. But I do think if you look at the the scenario he laid out there, where you say that you need cap space and you need draft picks. I think you can make the argument that the commanders are walking into that this offseason. They're going to have $90 million in cap space. They've got a first-rounder, two second-rounders, and two third-rounders. I think you can make the argument they're already in that spot without dealing some of these guys. Yes, they dealt Montez and Chase, but I don't know that any general manager was going to walk in here and immediately like to be tasked with paying one of those guys $25 million. So I think you're already in a good spot, honestly, going into the offseason where a new general manager can come in here and reshape the roster with a lot of these guys, but plug some holes, maybe move on from some guys, but really change things in a year. I'm not saying they're winning the Super Bowl next year, but I think they can get on the right track. And we'll talk about quarterback more in just a little bit, but I think they're in a good spot at quarterback too. Because you can look at it and say, well, if Sam Howell plays well and they win football games, well, they're not going to be in a position to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. Well, if they're winning football games with this defense, that means Sam Howell's playing well. So you got your quarterback. If they keep losing football games and and they're drafting high, well, then you've got the choice between Sam Howell and you've got the choice between Caleb Williams and Drake May. So I think that's a good spot to be in. So I think they're actually in a decent spot with quarterback. And then you look around the rest of the roster, like I said, you've got extra draft picks now with the Young and Sweat trade, and you've got a lot of cap space. That's why I think it's intriguing when you come into this offseason, there's a lot of decisions to be made, and that's why for the rest of this season, it's all going to be about Sam Howell. Because if Sam Howell proves he's the guy, then yeah, first rounder, now you can draft a tackle, you can spend some in free agency to address the rest of the offensive line, you can do whatever you need to do. I think the general manager that comes in here is going to have his work cut out for him, so I, I kind of like the position they're in. We're going to take a break here, but when we come back, I want to get to you, Paul, in Upper Marlboro. I want to get to you, Alan Hyattsville, and Chris in Hyattsville. I want to get to all of you guys, get your thoughts. Who needs to stick around next year, or is everybody expendable? We'll talk more about it next year on The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Overtime 106.7 The Fan with you for another 50 minutes or so before we turn it over to some Hokies football here on The Fan. 800-636-1067 if you want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Let's get out to Paul in Upper Marlboro. Appreciate you hanging on, Paul. What's going on? Hi. Uh, my comment is just that everybody needs to be reevaluated based on the fact that you had poor coaching staff. So I think they should have never got rid of Young. I mean, if you can take a, a star player and put him into a bad system and they look bad, they look horrible. If you look at the Eagles, they don't pick up superstars. They, they pick up people from the fourth and fifth round, and they make them look like superstars. So the fact that you have a bad, you have bad coaching, you can't really evaluate these players based on bad coaching. They, they, they were in a bad system. So, so – it's unfair to even say, oh, this person should go, this person should go, this person. You need to put them into a good system and then determine whether or not they need to go. That offensive line was bad when Rivera got here, and it's bad now. And he needs he needs to take responsibility for that. So we've been looking for a good offensive line forever, and they've never done it. And that's why we're still losing. So that's what I'm saying. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And same thing with the enemy. You can't evaluate the enemy on what he inherited. He inherited a bad offensive line and a fifth-round quarterback, a fifth-round draft quarterback. So how would you evaluate him against someone like Tom Brady? That doesn't make sense. All right, that's all I have to say. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I mean, I think those are good points. I think it's valid. Like, the only thing I would say back to that Chase Young thing, you were going to have to pay him. Either you're going to franchise tag him or you're going to pay him or you're going to tag and trade, something like that. But you're going to have to pay him upwards of $20 million at the end of the year. Because if you franchise tagged him, I believe it's going to be somewhere around $23, $24, 25000000 million. So if you tagged him, are you really going to pay $20, 25000000 million to evaluate a guy with what you assume is going to be good coaching now? I, I can't do that. I just can't. And maybe you don't like the compensation. I understand People are going to be back and forth on the chase thing. I do understand that because you can make the argument, yeah, you'd like to bring in a new GM and let him make the choice on chase. I get all of that. I think they made the right decision there. I think that moving on and getting everything that you could for him, because let's be honest, whoever you bring in is going to come from a team. You're not promoting anyone from inside the organization, so they're going to come from a team that wasn't willing to give up more than a compensatory third-round pick. I mean, no matter what. So I don't know that the opinion of chase was going to change if you brought in someone else from another team because no one was offering more than what the Niners were. It's not like you know they're helping out a buddy in Kyle Shanahan by sending over Chase Young. <laughs> they, they were getting the best offer from the Niners. That's what they took. So with that one, that's kind of where I'm at. And I, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying with the bad coaching and you can't really evaluate guys, but that's why I think you bring in someone fresh and let them do the evaluation. You know, our view can be tainted at times by the attachment you feel to the players. 
but you bring in someone fresh from another organization. They kind of understand how they viewed them, what they matched up with them. They kind of understand the, the the view more from a large, a big picture view as opposed to how we feel about it. So that's why I think when you bring someone in that's fresh, they'll get to make the choices. I, like I said, I don't think everybody on this roster is bad. I think right now you're seeing that there aren't many guys stepping up. And yeah, a lot of that is due to the coaching. But I think if you bring someone in that can evaluate and choose guys and say, yeah, I think this guy can step up if we put him in the right system, if we get the right coaching around him and evaluate and develop him here. Yeah, I think there's plenty of guys on the roster that can still do that. I'm not saying that they're going to have a 53-man roster that is you know, 47 players different next year. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I think that the way it's going right now, you're starting to see the true colors of some guys where maybe they're not as good as we thought. Let's get out to Al, who is in Hyattsville. Al, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? How you doing, Toby? Pretty good. You doing? How you doing, Al? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, my thing is this: um, I, I have to agree with you on it. In that, um, uh, I probably keep Terry. I'm probably. I know I'm keeping Allen. The third person um, is up in the air because you, you kind of look at Sam and you say, "Well, Sam." Uh, how how good would Sam have would be Sam be if there was an actual great offensive line? Mm-hmm. You know, you know how how good would uh, you know uh, Dotson be? Uh, you know, given more time and everything like that. So that third one is kind of a up in the air. Of course, we got Payne too as well. Um, there were some great points that the caller made earlier about you know coaching because you know I subscribe to the theory of the twelve P's. I don't know if you ever heard that term before, twelve P's. Um, where, you know, it talks about piss-poor preparation promotes piss-poor performance and piss-poor performance promotes pain, or in this instance, failure. I, I, it, to me, it's all about the top. Who's at the top, you know, determines in how they train or how they coach determines how everything else flows. And, and for me, Ron's been here for, what, four or five years, whatever he's been here for. Our offensive our office line was horrible. Horrible. You've had four years to get it together. You couldn't. You know, uh, and, and so for me, that's how I look in terms of, like, players. If I had to, you know, pick players, at least those two. The third one, I don't know. But, you know, for me, it's about coaching because I, I look at it, how is it that guys can get hired at big companies or come into managerial roles in various companies that are failing, and within one year, the same team, same people on that team that was there when everything was screwed, turn around and become a great team. So that's where I see things. So, Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Al. And yeah, I mean, I don't disagree that you look at this roster, you know, you look at it in general, you'd think that on paper it's going to be fine. If you brought in the right coach, I think that they could change things around. I agree with that. It's going to be interesting to see because, yeah, I think you bring in a fresh set of eyes and they'll get to look at it and say, yeah, I think they've got a fine roster. And I think that, you know, you put Dotson in the right situation. Let's address this offensive line. And again, that's why I think it's attractive as a job if I'm a general manager. You can really mold this thing pretty quickly if you'd like. You've got the extra second and third round picks because of the Sweat and Young deals. So yes, defensive end is now a need. Offensive line is a need. But you've got lots of cap space and you've got extra draft picks that you can make things happen. So I think that there's ways that they can mold this thing. You bring in the right coach and sure, you can see pretty quick success as early as even next season, depending upon how you feel at quarterback and everything. So, yes, there's a lot of variables with it, but that's why I think it is an attractive job, that there's a lot of ways that you can mold this thing to be whatever you want it to be. Let's get out to Chris in Hyattsville. Chris, what's going on? Listen, uh, I don't understand. People are just upset because we've been losing for 30 years, and now they think that, You've got to tear the whole thing down. You, you don't do that. No responsible franchise just obliterate their entire staff and starts over. You rebuild, okay? Now, sometimes that means making serious changes, but you don't let good players walk out the door. Uh, I think that the problem has been what it's always been and that we've never had a, a, a true general manager who uh, did not answer to the coach uh, or directly to the owner. Um, or the owner's whims. And until we have that, we have a a general manager who has a vision in place, we're going to keep going around on this merry-go-round every year. Because Ron Rivera 
was not properly incentivized on all the decisions that he was making, which is why he went after short-term Band-Aid fixes with, at the quarterback uh, or the offensive line because he's trying to win to keep his job instead of trying to build a franchise for the future. Uh, they've got to restore the offensive line. That's the number one priority. And then, uh, I mean, excuse me, well, hire a GM. But then mm-hmm. beyond that, they've got to restore the offensive line. Because if you win at the line of scrimmage in this league, you can be competitive in every game that there is. Just see the, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the 49ers. Every year, those teams are competitive, and we're not. Yeah, I agree. Chris, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, and I think one thing that he brings up there with the offensive line it's funny because as much as people love to be in the analytics and they break down all these things and pass the ball and all these different things, think about the top teams in the NFC. The Eagles, what do they do? They run the ball incredibly well. Yeah, Jalen Hurts can do some things, but if you make Jalen Hurts drop back 45, 50 times, I'll take whoever they're playing, If you know, especially in the playoffs. I'll take my chances with whoever they're playing. They're a team that dominates up front. Same thing with the Niners. Yes, it's scheme and various things, but how does it start? Up front, running the football. So I do agree that the offensive line has to be addressed. But, I mean, I'm not saying that everybody should be gone. I'm just saying who are the pillars of the football team? Because right now what you're seeing is a lot of these guys could be trimmed off. And, yeah, I mean, it's going to make a difference. Like, I was interested to see how the defense would play without Chase and Montez, and it's pretty obvious that the guys that were behind them, (laughs) not great. You're not getting any pressure off the edge. So, Yes, they were making an impact, maybe not as much as you'd like, but they were making an impact. I'm not saying that if you moved on from everybody on the roster that suddenly it's going to be you know, just better. No, I'm just saying who's the cornerstone guys that you need to keep around? I think it's Terry. I think it's John. But I think some of the guys that we feel like are cornerstones and might be up for a contract in the next couple of years that are going to ask for $20 million, it's the, the discussion we've had with the Deron Payne at the end of last year. Was he a cornerstone guy? Did he deserve to be paid? Or is he someone that's a good player that's going to be asked to pay, be paid like a great player? Uh, that's kind of what I'm asking here. I'm not saying that all these guys need to be cut. But I think that a fresh set of eyes coming in here might be able to be a little more unbiased in an evaluation and realize, yeah, you know what? Some of these guys that we might view as the blue chippers here in D.C. are not the blue chippers we think and in turn are expendable. Get out to Scott in College Park. Scott, what's going on? Hey, man. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, two quick things. When you're a poor team like we've been, um, it's like credit. And you have bad football credit. you got to pay a lot of money for mediocre product. product. And so we have had um, years of overpaying for mediocre product. And so hopefully, fresh set of eyes, will be able to match what we pay with what we get back. Uh, second thing is, this team needs to be built to beat two teams over the next probably five to seven years, Philadelphia Eagles and San Francisco 49ers. And if you construct a team that is going to be competitive with those two teams, you should handle your business with any other team, including Dallas. Dallas is a team that mm-hmm. makes its money killing poor and mediocre teams, but they can't handle San Francisco and Philly. So we need to be constructed to beat Philly and San Francisco going forward. That's my thought. Scott, appreciate the phone call. I think that's a good point because you look at the NFC right now, it's really weak, and things may change when some quarterbacks come in, you make some changes offseason, offseason. But if you look right now, there's really two teams you got to beat, like he said, the Eagles and the Niners. How do you beat them? you got to be physical up front, and you've got to have some playmakers, but especially you've got to be good in the trenches, and that's what they're going to have to fix immediately, especially the offensive line. You know, I saw someone tweeting about the, the, the Seahawks game against the Niners on Thanksgiving. And the Seahawks struggle against the Niners. Obviously, the Niners are really good and you could say more talented, but they're not physical enough. They can't match up with the physicality that the Niners bring. It's the same thing with the Eagles. For whatever reason, this team has matched up well with the Eagles. But I think if you can fix something to beat those two teams, I think that's a really good point, that if you can build a team that can compete with those teams, maybe you got a shot in the NFC. It's not very good right now. You might have a quarterback. Who knows? The evaluation's still being done on Sam Howell. You might have a quarterback. But if you can fix the offensive line and give him a chance back there, I'll take my chances. I think Sam Howell can be a guy. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to get into what the best-case scenario for the rest of the season could be for the Commanders, specifically looking at the quarterback position. What do you think is the best-case scenario over the last five games of the season for the Commanders? We'll talk about it next here on The Fan. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. Overtime, 106.7 The Fan, taking you up to 1.30 till we turn it over to some Hokies football. Taking on UVA. It's crazy we're already to the final week of the college football regular season. It seems like it's flown by. It just seems like this year just started not that long ago. And I will say this, because I, I want to get into this in just a couple of minutes and talk about what the best case scenario is for the Commanders. I want to say I'm sympathetic to some people today. I know a lot of you get frustrated with how some people cover this team. I, I understand it. And as a fan for my entire life, sometimes you go on and you see some of the writing and stuff, and I understand. You're like, why is this guy just piling on? But I will say, this is my first year covering this football team. I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's like the other day, I'm driving home just thinking, man, I wouldn't say it doesn't change your fandom, but man, is it exhausting when every single day you're in the weeds with this football team. So... Uh, you know who I'm talking about. If you get frustrated with some of the people that cover this football team, give them a little bit of a break. It's not as easy. I'm not saying this is a hard job. The guys that do the actual work, the, the guys that are the paramedics and the guys that are doing the nine to fives, I'm not saying our job's harder than yours. I'm just saying, man, sometimes it gets a little bit taxing. That's what I'm saying with this football team. But let's get into this in just a couple of minutes here. What do you think is the best case scenario for this football team going forward? Five games left in the season. What do you want to see? Obviously, they've moved on from Jack Del Rio. You think that was the right move? Feel free to call in as well on that. But what do you think is the best case scenario for these last five games? Is it something where you want to see them lose all the football games and have the best draft position possible? Do you want to see them win all the football games because you're a fan that doesn't want to see losing? Like, Where are you at and what do you think is the best case scenario as this season wraps up? 800-636-1067. Feel free to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. We'll get into that coming up at 1 o'clock here on The Fan. Welcome back. Final half hour. Before we turn it over to some Hokies football here on The Fan, Toby Altizer with you. Feel free, you want to hop in, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. So I was thinking about this in the break. We're talking about best case scenario for the Commanders. Be prepared for this one. Worst case scenario. I hope you got barf bags ready, because this would be absolutely disgusting if this happened. Now, the chances of it happening, near zero, but it would be worst-case scenario. Picture this. Sam Howell loses everything and just cannot play quarterback well at all. They start running the football because of it, and they play well enough to put up some points, and Ron Rivera gets the defense playing incredibly well, and they, they win most of their games down the stretch. Sam Howell's not the quarterback of the future, but you win four or five down the stretch. You don't make the playoffs, and you end up in, like, the middle of the draft again. <laughs> Would that not be the most gross thing, Donald? Like, I'm not rooting for them to lose. Like, I, I'm not one of those kind of guys, but that would be disgusting if that's how it ended. <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough because I, I was thinking about that as you said that. It, it's like you don't want them to lose, but then to kind of be in the middle of the pack like that, it's like you don't want that either. So it's a very much a tough situation. Yeah, I, I don't want them to lose, but at the same point, I'm not all that disappointed if they do lose. Let's get out to Tony and Annandale. Hopefully it gives us a better scenario than that. What do you think is the best case, Tony? Yeah, did you call our office? Yeah, of course. Tony, what's up? Yeah, well, 
I'll throw Tony back on hold real quick. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario, I think, is all going to depend on number 14 and Burgundy and Gold. I mean, that's obviously what it's all going to depend on. And that's why I think that they're in a decent spot. Because, let's be honest with where we're at here. With the defense. Defense is bad. Ron takes over. And this is why I don't think that that scenario I just laid out is really possible. They're not turning things around hugely. Maybe they get better. But I don't see them improving in a very big way. And that's what it's going to have to be if this team is going to win football games down the stretch here. So why do I say that I think they're in a good spot with quarterback like I did earlier and why I think it's the best-case scenario? I think your best-case scenario is the defense is really bad and continues to play bad, and you lose football games, but Sam Howell proves he's the guy. And that puts you in an opportune spot with a new general manager because if you look at where the commanders are right now, if they were to lose out, they would finish at 4-13. and Not great. <laughs> Not great at all. I think a lot of us expected them to be a lot better. I think my preseason prediction was nine and eight. Donald, do you know what your season prediction was? I don't, but I think it was. I was kind of around that five hundred ish mark. Like yeah. I was saying, best ten six, maybe lowest. You know, like seven. You know, seven and nine, something like that. But I, I was kind of around your range. Yeah, though. I mean, because last year they were eight eight and one. I didn't think they were going to be significantly worse than they were last year. But it's a realistic possibility because you look at the rest of the schedule for the Commanders. You got Miami this week, or or next week. You got the bye week. Then you go to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Then you're at the Jets. You got the Niners and Dallas left. So what? The Jets is a winnable football game? Because I'd assume it's either Zach Wilson or Tim Boyle still. And neither one of those guys looks like an NFL quarterback at this point. Tim Boyle especially. I think Zach Wilson's a backup, but Tim Boyle. We could spend a whole four-hour show on how in the world is he in the NFL, but we're not going to do that. We're not in New York. That's for them. But they might lose out, and if that's the case, you're 4-13. and Last year, the Cardinals went 4-13, and and they picked third overall. So it's very possible that you could find yourself in this scenario that we're laying out here where they're going to have to make a decision at quarterback. And that's why I think your best-case scenario, let me just lay it out real quickly, is... I think the defense is still going to be bad. Obviously, you move on from the coaching staff. You don't win another football game, which sucks as a fan, but it puts you in a better draft position, and Sam Howell proves that he can be a guy. I'm not going to say he's going to be the guy, because if you're drafting in the top three, if you're drafting in the top five even, and you have an opportunity at Caleb Williams or Drake May, I think you got to take that chance. You know, I was listening to Doc driving in, and a caller called in and said, you know, Finding a guy like a Tom Brady or a guy like a Patrick Mahomes, kind of like that unicorn you'd love to have, well, it's not easy to do. Well, you want to know how it's a lot easier to do when you're drafting in the top five and you have an opportunity to take Caleb Williams or Drake May. Maybe they don't turn out to be the stud that a lot of us think that they can be. Maybe that's not going to be the case. But I'll take my chances with a guy in the top five and that kind of a talent. So if you're in that top five area, and Sam Howell plays well, that's a real choice you're going to have to make. And then the beauty of it is, if you decided, I'm going to go with Caleb Williams, if you found a way to get Caleb Williams, or you went with Drake May, whatever the case may be, you'd still have Sam Howell, and I'm sure some team would give Sam Howell a chance, especially with two years left on a deal. I think someone would give Sam Howell a chance, they'd trade for him, give him a chance somewhere else. So I think the best-case scenario for this team is they're really going to have to make a decision at quarterback, But it could be that Sam proves he's the guy, and they say, you know what? We're still drafting in the top five. We don't want to trade up to the top two or three to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. You know, it wouldn't take as much as if you were drafting eighth and have to trade all the way up. So, But we're still not going to move up there. But we'll take the offensive tackle, Joe Alts, out of Notre Dame. Or we'll take someone like that. So I think your best-case scenario is putting your new general manager in a bit of a bind at the quarterback position where he's choosing between Sam Howell, Caleb Williams, Drake May. If you want to throw one of the other ones in there, fine. I'm personally, it's either Drake May or Caleb Williams or I'm passing on rookie quarterback and staying with Sam. We'll get to see the rest of the year if that's the right decision or not. But I think your best case scenario is still losing football games, unfortunately, but being in a good spot and having to make a decision at the quarterback spot between Sam and some of these rookie guys, because I think some of these rookie guys have the talent to be special. But you also watch Sam, and you think, man, if we could put some 
protection in front of him, maybe he could be special too. Some of the throws that he makes, haven't seen anyone in my lifetime really make those kinds of throws in a burgundy and gold uniform. So they're going to have a real decision to make. Let's get out to Tony and Annandale. Tony, what's going on? Hey, good show. Appreciate uh, it, Tony. I, I think the, the number one priority the rest of the season is let's protect Sam Howell. Let's let him go, not get pummeled the way Joe Burrow did in his first year or the way Andrew Luck first two years. So let's run the ball, see what we got. Whether you got to be, you know, draw plays, jet sweeps, just run, run. And let's see on third down what our tight ends can do. Because in the offseason, if we don't have much of tight end, you know, uh, the enemy had, of course, Kelsey. Whether it takes free agency or a draft pick, if we could get a good tight end that can make those third downs, you know, you get an extra four downs for everybody. Yeah. And also, we've we got to somehow either trade, draft, a stud linebacker. Look, look at Mike, Mika Parsons. He gives you both a linebacker and a pass rusher. Yeah, I mean, Micah Parsons, in my opinion, is probably the best defensive player in the league. I think he's right there with Bosa and those guys up there. I don't know that you're going to find a Micah Parsons, but I do like your idea of a tight end. And there's one coming out of Georgia that could be a stud that could be in that range. I don't know how you feel or how the analytics people feel about drafting a tight end in the top 10, but Brock Bowers is a stud, and I think he's going to be really good. Tony, appreciate the phone call. But yeah, I think that... Getting a tight end and improving would be good. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the just run the ball down the stretch because, to be honest with you, I don't know about the enemy. That's something that I don't know that I would <laughs> – I wouldn't envy having to make that decision. I would prefer, you know, you bring in a new set of eyes, like I said all along here, let him make that decision. I don't know. I, I'm kind of indifferent. If you keep the enemy and make him head coach, fine. I I don't hate the idea of making the enemy the head coach – bringing in an offensive coordinator that obviously works with him, but let the offensive coordinator call the plays. I think that Bienemy is a great motivator, and not every head coach has to call plays. Yes, we get frustrated with Ron for not calling plays, but look at Dan Campbell and what he does. You think Dan Campbell's he's not calling the plays. It's Ben Johnson, but he motivates those guys. I think Bienemy could be that kind of a head coach. He's going to hold guys accountable. He's going to be fiery. Yeah, he's going to run things hard. That's one thing, too. You saw that report in training camp. I saw a report recently from John Kime saying some of the guys are a little frustrated that Ron gave over so much control to Eric Bieniemy. Well, those are the guys that I would deem expendable, whoever it is. Adios, if you can't deal with the hardness of Eric Bieniemy, then get out of town. Because guess what Eric Bieniemy's done throughout his career as a coach? He's won. Yes, he's been in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and benefited from Andy Reid, but he's also won. He's seen what winning is all about. If you can't handle it, then get out. You can go somewhere else. There's 32 teams in the NFL. You're not going to be a part of this one because guess what you want to do here in D.C.? Win. Eric Bieniemy hopefully brings some of that. So I'd be interested to see with that, but I don't necessarily agree just run the ball because as much as I don't love throwing the ball 45 times a game with Sam Howell, Sam Howell's going to get like a year and a half's worth of <laughs> experience because of how much they've thrown the football this season. Keep doing it. Let them keep growing. And let him prove that he can be the guy here or he can be a guy somewhere else. But let him keep airing it out. I think he's showing a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure most of you had the sound on when you were watching the game on Thanksgiving. Did you hear what Jim Nance and Tony Romo and the guys in the studio were saying time after time after time about Sam Howell? It's not like they were being prodded by someone to say that Sam Howell was the guy. They kept saying it over and over and over like, hey, they I think they found their guy in D.C. I think they found their future quarterback. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, but again, people can talk about, well, you make the decision. We don't have to make the decision yet. We don't have to. We've got five more games to see. We'll make it after that. Let's get out to Alex in Woodbridge. Alex, what's going on? Hey, Toby. How you doing? Doing well, Alex. Um, so I just wanted to say I don't, I don't necessarily – I'm not concerned about who the coach is per se next year, if it's the enemy or as the head coach or offensive coordinator. You know, ultimately I think we need to focus on – protecting Sam, and uh, wherever we get our draft pick, 5, 7, 8, 10, I think we need to address the best, best offensive lineman on the board and go from there. Uh, I think Sam is at least worth pursuing for now. You know, Caleb Williams, someone like that, I think kind of played his hand a little bit. Winner when things are going well. Wiener when things aren't going as well. Um, you know, kind of shot away from everything the last couple of weeks. 
you know, he's going to have strife here in D.C. for those first couple of years. Either way, I, I want to have someone who we can at least count on to lead the locker room and not shy away in those situations. Take your thoughts. Alex, appreciate the phone call. That is an interesting thing with Caleb Williams. You know, a lot of people were sympathetic to him when he's crying in the stands after a loss and, oh, I feel bad for him. Look, I like Caleb Williams. I like his talent. I don't feel bad for him one bit. This is the same guy that was writing F Utah on his fingernails. So, no, I don't feel bad for him one bit. He kind of got what was coming for him. Now, I will say this. If you're looking at the evaluation of him just as a player, I think people are, again, doing what I've talked about with Sam Howell to an extent. It happened to Trevor Lawrence when he was in college. When a college quarterback, the clear-cut number one guy in college, all you end up seeing the following year, I guess you saw it a little bit with Bryce Young to an extent, is the next year that they have to, they have to play in college because they can't come out yet. Everybody just spends it looking for little bits of nicks in the armor the entire time, just seeing, oh, he can't do this. He should be number one. He can't do this. He shouldn't be number one. He can't do this. So I think that's what this whole year has been about for Caleb Williams, people looking for things to nitpick him about. I I still think he's the number one guy. Yes, his team hasn't been as good, but I think I could have put up 45 as an offensive coordinator against USC this year. Their defense has been so bad. So I don't necessarily look at the team results there because Caleb Williams has put up incredible numbers and put up a lot of points. His defense hasn't stopped anyone. So... I don't know about that, but I do like his point about the leadership. That is something you have to bring into consideration. Look at Sam. Look at Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams might have some issues at times. Who knows? I'm not saying that he's a problem, but he might have some issues at times with his personality. Look at what you've seen with Sam Howell this year. Has there been any controversy off the field with Sam this year? None whatsoever. You might have issues with him on the field. Haven't had any issues with anything he's done off the field. So that is something you'd have to take in consideration. Maybe if you want to consider Drake May. I don't know that there's issues off the field with him you know, or, or concerns at all. I don't know that you'd say you're super concerned about Caleb Williams, but it is something that you have to bring in. So I think that's a good point. But again, if you give me the choice, if I have the opportunity to take Caleb Williams or Drake May without having to trade significant assets to move up to get them, I'll take them over Sam. But Sam still has a couple more weeks to change my mind on that. Let's hit a break. When we come back, we'll wrap it all up before Hokies football right here on The Fan. Final couple of minutes here in overtime. 106.7 The Fan. Hokies football coming up in about 10 minutes here on The Fan. The best case scenario for the Commanders. We'll wrap up that discussion here. Let's get out to Andre in Manassas. What's going on, Andre? Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for taking the call. Listen, I heard you yesterday too, but I'm not. I know it's hard. It's a, it's a tough decision because yesterday you were all about the Cowboys and the Eagles' offensive line. You're saying, hey, if you're going to build a team, you got to build that way. Um, and I understand the temptation. I really do of selecting a quarterback, but you know there've been so many first-round quarterback busts. That you know, and it's a, to me, it's like a chicken and egg um, argument. Which came first, you know, is a good quarterback or a good offensive line? And you know, I just have to side with just trying to select these offensive linemen. You know, the the biggest thing that scares me with Sam Howell, at least with the fan base, it, it sounds like the Kirk Cousins argument all over again. You know, I need to see more. I just don't know yet. And you know, we we did that all the way to the bank with the guy left. Now I'm not gonna sit down here and say Kirk was a you know NFL Hall of Fame quarterback. But he sure as hell was the best thing we have we've had in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand the temptation is there. I, I like what Howell's done. I like the fact that Howell hasn't missed a snap yet, and I think no one's really talking too much about that. Um, you know, I don't want to jinx anything. We have five more games, but you know, the mere fact that he is started and played and took every single snap goes a long way. And I think if we were to go in this draft and select some offensive linemen, I, I think my opinion, humble opinion, that would be the best strategy for the for the team moving forward. Andre, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I don't know that I've changed up my stance. Like I still think that you'd like to build on the offensive line, but I think we all can agree that the most important position in football is the quarterback. And so if you get an opportunity to upgrade that, I feel like you have to take that. 
You know, you look back at what the Cardinals did. I don't think anyone questions that they made the right decision. You know, they draft Josh Rosen 10th overall. The next year, they draft Kyler Murray number one overall. Yeah, maybe you can add offensive linemen to help out Josh Rosen, but I think they made the right decision by upgrading. I'm not saying Sam's Rosen. I'm not saying that any of these guys are going to be a Kyler Murray. I'm just saying, in general, if you have the opportunity to upgrade the quarterback position, I think you do it. Now, this is a little bit different in the fact that Sam might be the guy, and if you look at it and say, I think Sam can be the guy, he can lead us to a Super Bowl, or he can lead us deep into the playoffs, then yeah, I think you do need to build up front. Now, if they do draft a quarterback, they have to spend significant assets, whether it's extra draft picks at it, or they spend a lot in free agency, but they would have to spend significant assets on that offensive line, because whoever comes in, or if they stay with Sam, they have to play with a better offensive line. So I would still like to see them upgrade the offensive line by any means necessary. If it means that they say we're going to stick with Sam and we're going to draft the offensive tackle out of Notre Dame, fine. But I don't think you can also look at it and say we're going to pass on quarterback and upgrading the quarterback with a guy with maybe a little bit more talent because we've seen too many busts. There's a reason that people draft quarterbacks high every single year, trade up for quarterbacks every year. It's because it's the most important position. So if you get the opportunity to upgrade it, I take it. But I also think, if in your case, Andre, I think that might be the safest approach for a new GM. Come in, roll with Sam another year, and improve the offensive line through the draft and free agency. That's probably the way to go. If you want to just take the safe route, I think that could be it. And that's going to do it for us. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Appreciate Donald doing all the P's and Q's behind the scenes, producing for me. Appreciate you guys for calling in. Virginia Tech, Virginia comes up next. Go Hokies! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.